Hey there, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Lakeside. I'm your host, Daniel Stombaugh, and I'm glad you're here with me today. We are going to have a transformational day today. We're going to take the next few minutes and talk about our identity in Christ, that is who we are in Him and who we are to Him. And this is powerful because identity brings purpose. Let's get started. Welcome back. We're on day number, uh, or episode number 31. If you're in the devotional guide, it is day number 31 that we're talking about. It's Song of Solomon, chapter number three and verse number four. And so we're just going to jump right into this and pick up where we had left off last week in the last episode. So if you were there for that, then you remember that the bride was searching for the king. She got to the middle of the night, she felt the bed, and it was cold. Where he was was gone, and it was cold. And sometimes in life, as you go through life, you're going to find seasons where you look for God. You look for his light, his presence. And his, even though we have his indwelling presence, we don't see him moving much in our life. And I'm like, where is he at? And God is that as a way. When she was in her bed, she she felt the sheets were warm. She felt where, where he was at one time. And she could tell that the king was definitely with her in her bed at one time, but he wasn't there. Her pre- his presence wasn't there and she got worried. She got up and started looking for him and, and she was frantic for him. You know, she had to make a choice. Do I get up out of my bed or do I stay where it's comfortable? And sometimes kingdom work directs you out of your comfort zone and, and to be do life with God, to experience that on a daily basis, you can't stay where you're comfortable. You can't stay where it's familiar. And there's a quote that, uh, that I have out in the student man cave and it says, always be willing to leave what is familiar for what is true. You know, don't get locked into this place of comfort in your mindset and your understanding uh, with God. And sometimes God's at work. The kingdom work doesn't take place in that bedroom setting with God. You know, that that uh, exchange with God, man, I'm just, just all, I'm all about God right now. And I'm all about, and we, we praise him. We get, we get in the word and man, it's awesome. We start to study it, but then sometimes it seems like it's dry. It's like, where is God at? He never left. He's about his kingdom work and he wants us. It's an invitation for us to follow him. Remember he came to the, he just got up and he left. And so she had to make a choice. Do I stay in the bed and reflect back about the times I had with the king? Or do I get my shoes on and do I leave where I'm comfortable and go find the king and be uh, with the king in kingdom work? as he goes about his kingdom doing what kings do. And so she got up and she was looking for him and she couldn't find him. And we talked about how she went to the watchman and she asked him, you know, have you, have you, have you seen the one my soul loves? Have you found the king? And she was looking for him. And not every time uh, when we go look for God, not every person we come to is going to be uh, about the king's business. They're going to maybe have his name on their on their sign out front of their building or they have his name on their business card. It's what I do. I'm about the kingdom, but they may not be. And you can find those people. You can really determine uh, who is actually with the king and who is not with the king by where they direct you. You know, um, you can tell right away uh, if someone knows the watchman is, is, is going to direct you to the king when they're, when they're reminding you of who you are to him. They're reminding you of your value. They remind you of who you are, what he made you. And when you find someone says, well, here's six ways to, to make yourself a better bride. <laughs> Let me give you nine patented truths on how to make yourself and clean yourself up. Understand, God cleaned you up. He made you royalty. 
You know, he made you. He is there with you. He has never left you. There's nothing you and I can do that could ever undo what God has done to bring us into his presence. And so she was looking for him. She found that she was looking for the king. She found the watchman. She asked him and they, they didn't help her very much. And so verse number three, uh, four rather, of chapter number three just picks that up in the story that we looked at in the last episode. So it says this in Song of Solomon chapter three and verse number four. It was but a little while that I passed from them, the watchman, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him, and I would not let him go, until I had brought him into my mother's house and into the chamber of her that conceived me. I love this passage because there's so much in it. And the bride finds her king, and she is determined to never let him go, like she finds him. Have you ever, have you ever embraced somebody that you, you have wanted to embrace for so long? When you find him, it's like you, you bring him into your arms. It's like man, it's like magic. Right? I mean, you just, you're standing there and you're holding them. When the bride finds Solomon, she's determined that nothing was going to ever pull her attention away from him ever again. Like when you say that I'll never let him go, it doesn't mean that she's going to stay in that position in front of him, holding on to him. Like that little girl on the Animaniacs cartoons, you know, I love him and love him and never let him go. Nothing like that. She says, I'm grabbing the king. And she's, she looked at his eyes. She grabs him and she holds on to him. She looks up at him. I can just see her whisper to him very softly. She looks into his eyes. She says, I found you. I found you. That moment, something snapped, something clicked, something, whatever you want to call it, something shifted in her mindset. And she determined that she was never going to be away from him. She was never going to miss an opportunity to be around him. You go about your king's business, but I'm going to be with you. You, know, you go inspect the vineyards, but it's going to be me and you together. You go look at the, the aviaries. I'm going to go with you. You go look at the horses at the track. I'm going to go with you. You go inspect the walls. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to be where I can see you. I'm going to be where you have my eyesight. It's, it can find you. I'm going to look for you in the crowd. I mean, I'm not going to just take you for granted. And I think that you know maybe after a while, him telling her over and over again, he loved her, how beautiful she was. And here they had just made love. They were in bed together. And the king wakes up. And I don't know if he if he kissed her on the shoulder and said, hey, I'm going to go. Or hey, I'm going to get this done. Or if he just left her alone. I don't know what it was. But she was comfortable enough to make the decision to even hesitate do I go after him or not you know I don't ever want to be that comfortable with God like there was a day that that I there was a time in my life where I used to look at God and say I guess I can't be with you because because I'm uh, I guess I can't be around you very much because I know me I know that I mess up and and I'd taken that for granted a little bit but man the day that I truly met his heart for me I made a decision at that moment whatever you're doing I want to be part of it like, you want me to talk to somebody at a gas station? I'm going to go talk to him at a gas station. You want me to talk to a total stranger? I'm going to talk to a total stranger. You want me to humiliate myself? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, wherever I feel you're leading me, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be part of that. Man, wherever the doors open up, and there's been some doors that have opened up that God has led me to in my walk with him since I met him that have uh, would have at one time maybe scared me or maybe one time would have put me at ease or, or, or not at ease or put me at a place of discomfort. But man, you walk into those places you say man this is this is where God's leading I'm going to do it I'm going to go I'm going to be part of this thing because I want to be with the king and she finds him and she's determined that nothing's going to pull her attention away from him ever again this was her love and this was the one that she had spent her life dreaming about 
Y'all, this guy, this king, uh, let's just shift back to the story. This king, the way that he treated her was the way that she had dreamed about being treated from the time that she was a girl, man. She would uh, get these imaginations in her mind, these thoughts of, this is how my husband's going to talk to me. This is how he's going to treat me. This is how he's going to feel about me. This is how he's going to act towards me. And she'd play these little conversations, these little, you call them whatever you want to, fantasies, daydreams, uh, imagination. She would just play it over and over again. This is what he looks like. But somewhere along the line, something may have discouraged her from really pursuing that. Maybe she thought she was too picky or maybe she thought she was just, that's, that's too much to ask of any person. But I'm telling you, this guy fit the bill for her. And she said, I found him and I'm not going to let you go. This was my love. You are my love. You're the one that I have pursued and pursued. And I'm, I've spent my entire life dreaming about you. He really did exist. And when she experienced him, any other need disappeared. She finally found the one that her soul had longed for. Her soul is her mind, her will, and her emotions. I love that. She said, I found him whom my mind, my will, and my emotions loves. And she said, not only did I find him, but I held him. And when I held him in my arms, I determined I was never going to let him go. I mean, I was with him. That song, I finally found someone. That song just plays in my mind. It started over coffee, started out as friends. I like that little song. And it played in my mind when I was, when I was putting this down on paper. And the, the message is really strong. Remember, you got the lyrics and the melody of the message. And what makes any song great is the fact that you have all three components clicking. And, and it's not the, mel the melody that makes a song great. A melody is, is, is the tune. And man, there's some songs with some catchy tunes. And maybe you like that song. You put it your playlist because you do like the catchy tune and there's some songs that are good just because they they have awesome words to it man the tune isn't the best uh, but it's got some awesome words but what makes a great song great is not the lyrics and it is not the melody what makes a great song great it's the message what did the artist want me to feel what did the artist want me to to take away from the song when he when he put that little hook in it what did he want me to catch what do you want me to take away from that so when I look at the song, I title Song of Solomon 3-4. If I could put a track title on that passage, I'd call it I Finally Found Someone, right? I'd steal that song title. What was the message of that track? The message is this. Once you truly experience God's love in your life, you will never be content with any other outside source. Once you truly experience God's love in your life, you will never be content with any outside source. God is never thrown off by your constant need for your attention or for attention or for the needs you have in your life. That doesn't irritate him. You are not too much. You know, we look at sometimes, hey, well, I'm just bad at relationships. I don't know how many times I've heard people, I just really, I, I'm not good at relationships, man. I'm no good at this stuff. No, when, put that off to the side because nothing that you do is going to throw God off. It doesn't scare him that you eat Cheerios and crackers in bed. It doesn't scare God that you, that you, are, that you have slobbish tendencies. <laughs> it doesn't scare God that you, you say the wrong thing or you laugh at the wrong time. It doesn't scare God that you're awkward socially. It doesn't scare him. You know, God's not offended and he's not waiting to bolt out the door. Man, he loves you. You have him. He is the love of your life. You run to him and you grab him as tightly as you can and you never let him go. One of the things I love the most about the Song of Solomon 
and the Solomon Songbook that we've actually been going through for these podcasts. One thing I love the most about this is that, you know, it encourages me to run to him and grab him as tightly as I can. It encourages me to never let him go. You know, I used to hear all these phrases growing up in church and God was presented. I talked about it last episode, but he's talked about the fog machine, you know, fear, obligation, and guilt. And God was presented to me in such a fickle way that he would, he would dip and swerve away from me if I didn't just do things just right. Man, just when I thought I was doing really, really good with God, I'd think a bad thought and then, ah, I gotta, gotta summon him back. I joke about King Kong, you know, that movie King Kong where they, they had the, all the natives were outside the gate and they were banging on the symbols, Kong, 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 you know, and all of a sudden you see the treetops start to move way off in the distance in Skull Valley there and you'd hear all the natives, ah, you know, start dancing and gyrating because you hear this gigantic roar would pierce the, pierce the sky, you know, as Kong was coming, they'd see the treetops moving, he's getting closer and closer and they'd get whipped up into a frenzy and for most of my life, the Christian experience was like that, you know, God, 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 you do just jump through all these performance-based acceptance hoops, and man, whatever was thrown out there, I'd jump through it, just trying to summon God's attention, right, and man, I, I would do so good, I'd, I'd spend all day Saturday knocking on people's doors, and just, hey, would you, you want to go to church, and you know, you know, for sure, if you die, you go to heaven, there's nothing wrong with asking people that, but my motives for doing it was simply because I was, man, part of it, I just felt like I was a good Christian, man, God's gonna make, man, God's gonna bless me, because I'm out here doing this for him, and all the different activities I was religiously doing for him. You know, a lot of it was I didn't understand a lot of what I was doing. And a lot of it was I knew it was ridiculous what I was doing. But I wanted God like I wanted his attention. Man, when you start to understand the message of the Song of Solomon, what you see is this amazing picture of God as the king and us as the bride and how God took her from the slop that she lived in and he brought her to the palace and he made her royalty and it was not based upon anything she could have done. It was completely based upon his own decision and it was based upon his name that she was royal. It was nothing to do with her family legacy. It was nothing to do with her name. It was nothing to do with her experience or her or her past qualifications. If anything, she was unworthy and she stood in the palace and she said, I don't fit in here. And the king reminded her day after day after day after day after day. You are not here because of you. You're here because of me, because I chose you. I desire you. I lifted you out of the miry clay. I put your feet upon a rock and I established your goings and I, I brought you into the palace with me. And, and that's what we look at, this amazing picture of God's heart for me. And the more I begin to read this, the more it, it causes me to run to him and put my arms around him. I'm not trying to be close to God. I don't, I don't do things with God now because I want him to find value in me. No, he already found value in me when he gave me Jesus. Man, that Jesus gave me my value. And so if anything, now I run to God and I cling to him because I realize you, man, it's not, I'm not just, I'm not doing this because I'm, I'm trying to, to, to earn your love. I'm doing this for the fact that I am loved. And, and man, I said it in past episodes, but I stopped living for Jesus. That was the, the, the best day of my life when I decided to never again live for Jesus. Instead, I want to live from him. I live from his love. I live from the approval of God. I live from the fact that he has placed me in the heavenlies. He's seated me in heavenly places. I live from the fact that he has made me righteous. I don't have a bit of righteousness on my own. It's completely of Christ. And I, I live from that now. And I walk in that assurance that I am who the Father made me to be and wants me to be. And I walk in that purpose every single day completely and boldly and powerfully confident. I am. I am. I am. I am what God made me to be. And I will do what God made me to do because he is who he says he is. And he has done what he says he has done. And that means he will do what he said 
he will do. I am his workmanship. I am his poem. I am his creation. I am his son. I am his child. I am the love of his life, man. He looks at me and he says, I love Daniel. Man, I'm just wild about Daniel. And Daniel's wild about me. Man, I look at God and say, I'm clinging to you because I found you. Like all the places I looked for satisfaction and I found you. Of all the years I spent trying to get this from other people, I finally found you and you have everything that I need. And I put my arms around you and I determined never to let you go, no matter where you go. Man, you want to go to the gas station? I'm going to the gas station with you, God. You want me to go talk to someone? You're gonna, you want your, are, are your, is your pathway leading into a rescue mission? I'm going to a rescue mission with you, God, because, man, it's just me and my king. <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> That's what I feel like, man. What has God meant to you? Look back at your life. What has God meant to you? What needs has he met in your life since you found him? Man, he's your source. He's your source. All the time, spending my life dreaming about being accepted, dreaming about being approved. Man, I just, I was so hungry as a young man. I wanted somebody to say, Daniel, you're good, man. I approve of what you're doing. And I would do anything to get that. And the day that came that God showed me that I was already approved, it just blew my barn doors off, man. It just changed everything. Man, you can't pull me away. I decided a while ago, man, when I met him, I finally found you. I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you. I'm hanging on to you just like that embrace. And I grab you and I look up in your eyes and I just say, I just say, you have me. <laughs> you have me. I, I, you know, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve you, but you have me. Like if you find something about me that you love, then that just, that's like, just blows me away. What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou visitest him, that has set him a little lower than the angels, is what David said. You know, I look at God and I say, I have value to you. You know, I'm this buck-toothed kid that was so lonely growing up and just wanted somebody to tell him you're doing okay. Man, I would make a fool of myself if it meant somebody would look at me and say, man, you're all right, Daniel. The day that I met God, it was like I got it, like on overdose. <laughs> I don't need anyone, man. You can tell me, you can tell me I don't want to talk to you again. You can't reject me. <laughs> you can't. Because God's the only one that can accept, and God is the only one that could ever reject, and He's already chosen to accept me. I'm accepted. You tell me you don't want to talk to me, that's cool. Let's well, I'll see you next week. <laughs> you know, because you can't reject me. Man, you cannot. God is the only one that can accept, and He's accepted me. The only one that has ever been rejected is Satan. Man, he tries to put that mindset on you and me every single day. Man, I found him whom my soul loveth, and I'll never let him go. Man, if you found God today, grab him tight. Grab him tight. Maybe you've got to let yourself be like that girl was earlier and just kind of waking up and looking for him, and you know, oh, well, he's not here. And you're in this point of decision, like, do I go after God today? <laughs> do I go do life with God today, or do I do this on my own again? And just remember that there was a time when the bed was warm. Mm-mm. No. No, 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 no. Man, make the decision today. Right now as you listen, just tell God, say, I love you. I love you. And I want you to just imagine you're putting your stand in front of him, man. Put your arms around him and just grab him and hold him. Just say, you are the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. I will never be the same because you extended your love to me. 
Man, it's awesome stuff. Man, it's awesome stuff. Episode 31. I'm so excited about this. If you've not read Solomon's Song, I encourage you to grab the book. Um, it's a book that God allowed me to write in 2015, I guess it was, a couple years back. But allowed me to put this out, and it's a day-by-day breakdown of the Song of Solomon. You can find that book on Amazon, or you can find it on danielstombaugh.com. Uh, look me up on Instagram, uh, Facebook, what have you. We're out there. And I want you to connect up with me. And I'd love to hear about what you're getting from the podcast. If something speaks to you, I'd love to hear about it. And uh, always interested in that. Always love to meet new people as well. And so I encourage you to be with me. Make sure you're with us next week. Uh, We're going to look at episode number 32, what it feels like to be in God's protective custody. I love this. I love this episode that's coming up next. It is going to change the way that you look about being uh, constrained and being restrained. And so I'm excited about that. Thank you so much. Make sure you go out today and give away your smile, man. The world is hungry for your source and your smile is the best way that you can give away your source. So I encourage you to go do that. Have the greatest day of your life today. God bless you.